0: Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Web Cave. I'm Dan Hummer. I'm here with the Italian stallion himself, Bob O. How the What's hell going
0: doing? on, you fucking
1: fuckwad? <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> Just hanging out. Uh, another Monday. More uh, more superhero shit to talk about. How are you today, good
0: sir? I'm doing all right. It's real yeah. rainy. It's real shitty. Chilling out waiting for football. Got some bets on for the football game tonight. Yep. Even though you're betting against my fucking team. Yeah, fuck your team, dude. You prick. This is the first time in my life I'll ever think I'll side with the Cowboys. <laughs> dude, I hope the Giants just fucking smash them. I
1: really do. But, uh... Who well, fuck, well, fuck you, too. We're here to talk about... Uh, we did the top ten comic book uh writers of all time last week today we're talking about the artists uh we're talking about uh another talented profession and something that without them we wouldn't have anything just like the writers we need a good story but we also need someone to bring it to life so uh they're pretty important hell yeah hell yeah uh we also have (laughs) <laughs> we also have the latest episode of uh, She-Hulk and House of the Dragon. Hell yeah, yeah. Do you uh do you have any additional like news or anything from this week or?
0: Uh. Not I'm to my it. knowledge, I've been real busy this week, so I haven't had a lot of free time to do a whole lot of research and whatnot. I haven't
1: I haven't seen too
0: much on uh I seen I a rumor. Seen I'm not a hundred percent positive. It's one of the pages I follow on Twitter. I'm not going to name the page by name. But uh seeing that Zack Snyder is a potential candidate for the director of the Secret Wars movie, The Revengers. How would, you awesome feel? How would you feel if Zack Snyder did get casted as a director
1: of an Avengers movie? I'd feel betrayed. I'd feel betrayed. I'd feel stabbed in the back. Can do Avengers? Yeah. He can't do Marvel. First of all, I feel like that just doesn't <laughs> yes. work. I mean, the Secret Wars would work. But Marvel and Zack Snyder's tone are just the two opposite fucking things from each other. But, I mean, he's a great director. In all seriousness... Uh, I think he would probably knock it out of the park. I don't know how he would do with all Marvel characters, especially in a big event like that. I
0: don't know. Secret Wars, though, I could see Zack Snyder doing well with, like, an ultimate version of Spider-Man, Wolverine, Professor X, Thor, you yeah. know what I mean, Cyclops and shit like that. Like, honestly, if, I, if Zack Snyder's casted as fucking the director of Avengers Secret War, I guarantee you Henry Cavill is going to be fucking casted as, like, Cyclops or some shit. Dude,
1: he looks like he ate Cyclops. <laughs> I know. <laughs> fucking protein powder. Uh. No, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. There is, some, like, I don't need to see Tom Holland directed by, Tom Holland. Spider-Man does not need to be directed by Zack Snyder.
0: Calming a, Snyder, a Snydered out slow motion fucking dark nostalgic styled movie with Spider-Man versus Venom wouldn't be a badass.
1: I wouldn't. I I wouldn't care for it.
0: I mean, I go see it, I think, but I,
1: I'm not clamoring for that.
0: I think I, I depending on the list and the storyline, I feel like Snyder could work for Marvel.
1: In ways, but I think of all care, I don't think Spider-Man should ever be touched by Zack Snyder. If you're asking my actual opinion, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I I
0: personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that either, but. I don't know. It's like saying that like all comic book writers that worked for both Marvel and DC, I don't see why directors or actors can't do the same.
1: Yeah. No, I mean he can go do whatever he wants
0: and I'm sure it'll be fine. But who knows? I don't even know if that's like an official thing. That's, that could be like a fan thing. I, it could have been real, I don't know. But it was from a page I usually follow that that leaks things that's usually typically ends up being true but not all the time.
1: Yeah. All right. You want to briefly talk about the latest She-Hulk, number six?
0: Yeah, I literally just got done watching it about 15, 20 minutes ago.
1: Well, what eh. was your thoughts? <laughs> they're,
0: not, they're not picking the show up at all. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you, like, the end of the episode when they – With Mr. Immortal being there, that kind of gives you hints of, like, an Immortal Hulk and Hulk becoming maestro someday because he ages that long. It's a possibility. was fucking... um, That company at the end taking the blood samples of Jen trying to figure out and, like make other hulks. It's 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 it looks like it could lead to something interesting, but this little bridge and this little ride I'm on to get there is not a fun ride. It's not a fun ride.
1: Did they finally get her blood?
0: I don't. They didn't show it, but in the end on the on the lab screen, it showed Jennifer Walters in, like a DNA sample, but they didn't show them taking it. So I'm not sure like if they picked up her pile of puke that was on the ground or some shit. I don't know. Uh, okay. It looked like a brand new device was made that was strong enough to penetrate her skin. Yeah, it did look like that, but I don't know. I will say, I, I like Titania
1: I'm going to say right, it. No, I, don't like, think I like Jamila Jamil. She's she's a very good
0: ex. I like her as a human being, but her role as this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Dude, I didn't dumb think school. in that
1: first episode that she was going to have like a big role. I thought that was the end of her. Yeah, yeah I thought she was like
0: being like A year ago, Jamil Jamal was casted as the main series antagonist. She's like the main villain of the series.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm seeing that.
0: It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's
1: fucking
0: stupid. It's fucking stupid, Peter.
1: I love the show.
0: I'm upset. It it makes me upset. All right. Well, let's talk
1: about something good then. And, I mean, there was a couple story beats I mean, that, that was
0: okay. I give this episode like a six out of ten.
1: Yeah, I'm at, I'm at like a consistent six. So,
0: totally so far, sweet. the highlight of all of the episodes so far as She-Hulk, the highlight has been Daredevil's helmet in a fucking box. Yeah.
1: But that's not good when an Easter egg is your fucking
0: – or a, a bit of foreshadowing. Like the highlight moment of the series has been Daredevil's fucking helmet sitting in a gift box. That's been the best part of the series. Yeah, that's pretty ass.
1: I mean, they, it's just kind of sad that they've kind of made the Hulk property just fucking –
0: A thirty-minute They better fucking bring it back. Like this shitty fucking journey we're on right now. All I gotta say is they better fucking make up for it in the end. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. And I think it's hard with shows. Fucking god, that's
1: what they're doing. Yeah. And it's hard with shows too, with different directors and different writers and. But, uh, they
0: need to have the same, like, 15 people in a room writing the scripts for every single storyline, for I, all I the shows that, and all the movies. It needs to be the I, same I, people I, writing the same stories.
1: I agree. I, th- I agree. I think that's where they're fucking up with these Marvel shows. And, and because I, you're seeing different visions. Well, and, and the thing is, is I get it logistically, right? Because TV is a whole different thing. Like, the CW going away. A, a, a writer that I really enjoyed, he wrote Thor, his name's Zach Stentz. He was saying how bad of a, a thing it is. Even though, like, a lot of people think those that Arrowverse got a little, you know, uh, convoluted. convoluted and not...
0: The, I like some quality. of it.
1: Like, I did like part of the Arrowverse. But he was saying, like, something like that, for, like, young writers and stuff, is fucking huge. Because you have, like, 25 episodes to a season, and you have, like, 20 writers all working together or doing different episodes and kind of cutting their teeth. Uh, when you had except and on the contrary, you have like a peacemaker that's written by one dude, Jerry's right. Gun, directed by one dude and no one else gets a cut of the pie. Just him.
0: Right.
1: Which I to me, like I would say, let's go on that model for quality standpoint. Cause peacemakers were the best superhero TV shows the last five
0: years. But, Look at Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige wrote an entire fucking universe, and look what happened in that entire universe. Every movie was fucking flames.
1: Yes. Well, he wrote the blueprint for the entire universe. Exactly. He didn't write any of the
0: other that's that's That doesn't seem like that's what they're doing now. They're kind of just giving these writers the leeway and saying, here, go do this, and we're going to intertwine it somehow. Yeah, there's a different writer credited on each episode. It's not working. No, it's not. It's not working because they made fucking Doctor Strange this huge mystical fucking lord of the dark arts. And then now he's fucking, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, I'll I'll raise everybody's minds for you. Yeah, no problem. Oh, you want to do this, this, and that? Oh, yeah. By the way, this is going to cause issues. But I'm not going to tell you that.
1: Yeah. And they should at least, like with directors, you should keep a director to a character. Like, I like Sam Raimi, but Doctor Strange 2 was kind of vastly different of a vision than Doctor Strange 1, in my head at least.
0: I, I agree to a certain point.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there's elements of that. I mean, there is elements of it that kind of, they do go kind of back and forth, but I, I think the two is way di- To me, it's a different vision. You can tell it's Sam Raimi having fun compared to the I first one. I think with high
0: budget shit like this, there should be two people leading it not just one like yeah. the like uh line off and db wise for the the heads of the game of thrones show that they, like they're the blueprint to show you like that's a prime example of, if two people lead the show or they write and they direct it it will work
1: well yeah and that's that's what i'm I, if you do two people that's fine but have them on each one like if you make a a fucking who's a fucking like this uh any type of, any character, any fucking Marvel character. You fucking do Miles Morales and you give him a movie. And you have one director on him. Keep that director for three movies. Don't give him a new one the next fucking, for the sequel. That makes no sense to me. Because that's putting three different. And the same thing with the writers. So it, it is a little weird what they're doing here. I, I do, I do think this. The thing about this show is I, I think it hurts that it's in the MCU, to be honest. I think if it was loosely connected and was kind of an Elseworlds thing, it'd be a lot better. I think the fact that they're trying to continue like an epic saga like the MCU with you know a 30-minute comedy like this is just kind of baffling to me. Like not I, everything has to be together. I know?
0: agree. They
1: should loosely tie it but it doesn't need to be Yeah, like moving the like moving the plot forward yeah. for the MCU. It does not need to do that. And it really hasn't, but it seems like that's what they that's their intent and I don't think it's going very well. Right. So oh. Yeah, that's what I got on it.
0: I give it about a six too. Yeah, I would be very fond of it, like I said. I'm waiting. I'm still open minded about the show. I'm still waiting for the fucking to go over the tip of the mountain down the fucking down the other side, man. I'm waiting for that moment. Yeah. Hopefully it comes. All right. Are you ready to talk about something good? Yeah, let's talk about that house. You want me to go first? Go ahead. I give this episode a 9 out of 10. Okay. Why? We really, really enjoyed the new actress playing Rhaenyra. I think her name's Emma, Emily Darcy or Emma Darcy or something. <laughs> yeah. I like her a lot playing Rhaenyra. Olivia Cook playing Allison. Not so much a fan of. Really? Yeah, I don't like... The new Allison, like, I don't... I don't know. I like the new Allison more. I don't. She's fucking... It's like the older she got, the more childish her mentality
1: got. Well, yeah, she's supposed to be the worst, though. Like, I think the actress is doing fine. Like, I think she's portraying the fucking...
0: Yeah, the, yeah I'm more or less not the character, not, not the actress.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's a heel. I mean, she's not really supposed to be... Like, she, she's like that in the book, too. She, she's a bitch.
0: And the episode had a lot. It had the comedy with the kids and the dragons and the little pig coming up the stairs yeah. with the fucking paper dragon wings taped yeah. to it and the bullying scene. Like, that was entertaining at times. And, like, the... I had the heartfelt moments with the kids training with the swords and the alleged father of Rhaenyra's children and Sir Kristen Cole and the children. That was a powerful scene. And my favorite scene of the sh- of the episode was was uh, Lena Valeria, where she was in that same predicament as v- Viserys' his first wife, where the child wouldn't come out, and Damon had to be given that order to attempt to cut the child out, but the mother was going to die. I really like the scene between her and the dragon, and she walked up up to the dragon, and she said Dracaris and the dragon wouldn't do it, and he was like, I'm not going to kill my mother, and then she kept saying Dracaris and like, just the connection between the dragon and her was emotional. At the end, the dragon knew that the mother was in pain. and that this was That's why he burned her. the only way of helping her, and that's why he did accept the fact he had a her. It shows very well that the dragons are among the smartest of the, all the beings in the realm. The dragons are probably a lot more smarter than humans.
1: I love the dragons in the show. Yeah, uh, that was my favorite scene in the, the episode uh Damon's face when he fucking walks out there and sees that and I it was really sad she was like my favorite character so far I felt bad for her
0: Uh I liked it we liked her all growing up like she was like the actress playing Lena growing up like she did a really good job I wish they would have kept her around for like another episode or two but I mean it had to happen though but I thought it was yeah. great <laughs> I th-
1: I it, it was,
0: was great. it was my favorite scene of the episode. One
1: episode yeah uh I will say for somebody that's going to be like right now, we're getting into the kind of the mother drama. Like we got Renera and Alison fucking going at each other's throats. They don't like each other. And that's kind of what's going to lead to the civil war. And we've been talking about this since the show started. And that's what this season is, is building up to that. Uh, but Allison isn't going to be like the, the queen when Viserys dies. She's going to have an heir. And that heir's name is Aegon, and Aegon's going to be the one going against Renara and with his armies and stuff. And the first visual that we get of this young man is beaten off in a window.
0: Yeah, that was I the know. most unnecessary fucking scene in the don't episode. That you're showing him That's... reading a book. There's no reason to show us that. I mean,
1: it's he's supposed to be young and not giving a fuck yet. I think it did a good job in that because she was like. Because he was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to fucking fight, Like, let her have the fucking, I don't care. And she's like, no, motherfucker, you got to run shit. So, I mean, it, it did its job, I think. I, I don't think it was the best scene of all time. I, we didn't need it. <laughs> we didn't need whack whacking off. But I wasn't mad at it either. I didn't, like, fucking smash my TV. But I uh, I thought it was kind of funny.
0: What fucking he He's really He's He's really
1: good episode. Go. Letting the fucking He's dragon
0: that fucking be. Dude. Burning the father and the hand of the king. Dude, Harold I mean, can't catch a, know, a fucking break. That castle's been
1: know, through some know. shit. Yeah, I felt, I liked the hand of the king. I thought he was a really nice, you know, well-spoken man. And he got fucked. And his son got fucked, dude.
0: Kristen Cole's an
1: asshole right now. I feel her? like
0: the son lives. I feel like the father of a nearest is still alive.
1: Oh, he may be. I don't
0: Carwood? I don't think yeah. I don't think he died. I think he got out and realized his dad wasn't able to get out of the house and he got out.
1: Maybe. Wasn't that his skeleton that was on the ground, or was that somebody else? Yeah, but you don't know if that's it's, really his. You, you don't, exactly. You don't know that.
0: Thing. You know that the hand of the king died because he was trapped in the room and couldn't get it out, and couldn't get out of the room. He, the, the son, he definitely got out because he was just in the hallway. He could have got out. I guarantee you he's still alive. He
1: and was he's gonna, alive
0: right here while his dad was trying to knock down the door. Those flames are consuming him. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. He was in night's armor. He wasn't necessarily burn. He's surrounded in metal. It looked like he was just wearing nighttime clothes.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought too, Danielle.
0: Like they burnt me through the fire and while they were sleeping, he wouldn't be sleeping in his night gear. I don't think he was asleep. The Hand of the King was in was in sleeping gear.
1: Hand of the know. King was asleep. He was coughing in his sleep.
0: Yeah, he was he in bed. up
1: to smoke. Like in their nightgowns.
0: I think the sun got out. I can I can almost guarantee you, we will probably see him again because they're going to probably do the drama scene between him and Kristen Cole coming face to face again.
1: But it wasn't Kristen Cole that started the fire. No.
0: No, I know, but his drama and his beef is with Kristen Cole and the, with the whole thing of the, going on in the courtyard with the children and then him what? being banished and then to go back to Hall, and then the fire happened. He's probably going to assume it was Kristen Cole.
1: I think he's dead. I don't think he's coming back.
0: But, I mean, I guess we'll see.
1: Uh, and Kristen, like, yeah, you don't fuck it. I mean, he's like, yeah, dude, that's your son. Nah, it nah. so I would have punched him in the face, too fucking piece of shit not not fucking just cause the three little kids have black hair and everyone's all up in fucking arms and Aegon's yeah. kind of Aegon's a dickhead fucking giving his brother a pig and shit yeah, Aemon's kind of a pussy Aemon okay
0: Aemon is a very very sad child
1: that's not Aemon from Thrones right this is way too before that
0: yeah, this is like a- Eamon the First.
1: Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I know there was something with Eamon.
0: Yeah, there okay. was Eamon Targaryen in the regular show and he was a maester. Maester Eamon. Yeah. And he gave up the crown for something, right? I, I, I forgot. Yeah. I think he gave it up to become a maester.
1: Yeah. He didn't
0: want the crown,
1: so he gave it to his brother. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it. But it's going it's it's going in some good places. Uh, every episode's been entertaining so far. Uh, there's not really any filler. It's been a lot of setup and plot, but it's all been interesting. And uh, yes. it's, people are kind of comparing that the 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 gimpy dude, the dude with the cane, the little brother that fucking killed his head his brother and yes. yes. dad. Yeah, there's. Laris or something like that. They're trying to compare that's, him to Littlefinger. That's the name
0: of the king's son. That's the fucking the father's brother. Right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the youngest son. It's fucking Harwood. He's a Harwood, right? He's he's a, or he's a Strong.
0: Yeah, he just killed his dad and it possibly yeah. killed his brother.
1: They're trying to call him Littlefinger now.
0: He basically is.
1: Dude, he was, yeah, he was nuts. And, and the Queen's like, this is what he wanted. This is what I wanted. And he's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I do what you yeah, do. it is. Fuck off. Uh, no, it was good. Uh, I did just look it up. And in the if they're going by the books, then both Strongs are going to stay dead. Harwin Strong died in Harrenhal like that. In the books. I don't know if they're going to keep with it for the show or or fucking bring them yeah, back. Some-
0: look. I just have a feeling they're going to keep them alive in the show. I never trust an, on, an off-screen death. That's a, that's a rule I've always lived by watching shows. If someone allegedly died and they don't directly show it on screen, they're not dead. They'll be back. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that's the rule problem. I've always followed and it always comes through.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I uh I really I like that we saw more dragons. That scene with her, uh, Lena or whatever her name is, and Damon together on the on the dragon that was badass.
0: Yeah, that was cool.
1: It was a cool watch.
0: I know how more Renara back in Dragonstone Now she's like, yo, fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah, we're starting yeah, to. A... See about it.
1: Yeah. And we're starting to we're really building to this thing now because like she becomes like, they call her the princess of Dragonstone or the queen of Dragonstone even, I think. Uh, so she's, she's getting ready to fight. I like her and Lenor's relationship. All he wants to do is suck a little dick, fucking drink a little wine and beat a little ass when he feels like it. And they're a good couple and she's just fucking pumping out babies from another dude. What do we think about, uh, Old uh, Hightower, the lady. I mean, I know you said you, you don't like how, you know, she got unmature. Do you think that the character that we're seeing now is too ruthless compared to how we were seeing her in the early episodes, Bobby? Or do you think it's at least somewhat consistent?
0: And listen. Yes. It's definitely consistent. I just It's just like pathetic and weak the way they're portraying her. She's being a bitch, dude. I mean, the, the she's the first thing I ever She's like, an, like, she's not like a villain. I'm like, oh, shit, that's like, fuck, she's a good villain. She's like annoying to me. She's not like a, she doesn't seem like a problem. She's just annoying.
1: I think she's going to be a problem. She's like, so no, or maybe one
0: day want to
1: look video like video. you. It's like, bitch, <laughs> it's like they just had the baby. She's a jealous little woman. She is. The king just wants everybody to get along. He's like, I'm fucking dying, dude. Can we all just fucking have peace?
0: (laughs) And I like when he was sitting there saying, like, he was, like, throwing his old man fuss because Allison was putting pillows and shit and tucking him in with the blanket. He's out of these fucking pillows. Yeah. I don't need the blanket. (laughs) I don't need this fucking blanket. And she's still tucking him in with it. And he's just like, (laughs) Like, the king, the actor playing the king is doing an excellent fucking job. I know, I
1: like the actor. He is doing a good job. He is doing pretty good. Uh, Another funny line I liked is from the Maester. When we were, like, it was very low-key, but during that whole, like, argument when they're talking about what to do with the stepstones and stuff and when Renera makes her big offer... Like, before that, when they transitioned from one topic to the Stepstones, the maester's so fucking old that he's still talking about the other topic, and the one guy's just like, no, like, we moved
0: on. I just thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, we moved on. And then when he brought it up, and then the king was like, oh, these blessed fucking Stepstones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and this old fuck's, like, talking about the other shit. He's like, no, dude, dude, we're, we're, we're on this other thing now. Fucking keep up. It was funny. Uh... I, uh, I'm liking it a lot. I like the I do. I like high, the Hightower girl. I think the actress is doing a great job, and I like Renera. I the, I don't have a problem with the age up whatsoever, which I thought I was going to because I thought the the girl that was playing Renera was fucking knocking it out of the park, uh, and I was wondering why they didn't just do CGI or something to age her up. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure. See, the, I think because the reason why... They... Yeah. Well, I think know. the reason why they changed her is because she had three children and the age up. That little girl that was playing Rhaenyra before does not look like a girl who just gave birth to three children.
1: Yeah, I can see that. You're not wrong, man. She
0: looks like she's 14, bro. She doesn't look like she's 26 that, just popped, that has... Two sons that are eight and six, and then another uh, one that she just gave birth to. You just CGI her face and make her look like an aged mother. That's all you have to do. Yeah, but the whole body and her posture and everything like that you can't CGI that. You can you make her taller. Why the
1: fuck, fuck, fuck not? You can, can do
0: anything. Yeah, but her posture and shit. She doesn't sound or look like a like an older woman. She she's like the girl that was playing Raniya. She looks like a child. That's why Dude, she if plays can have the child. You Infinity War.
1: I'm I'm convinced you can do anything you can have fucking Thanos and shit, I think you can
0: make this bitch yeah, a little taller. A little and better, like, you're, like, we're looking at, we're talking about shit that's like way back in like ancient times compared to Marvel and shit where you're CGI and futuristic space shit. It, it's gonna look odd as fuck with a human being CGI'd the fuck out because of their posture and they don't look the right age. It in that, like, you know, It would look stupid. It would look like a sore thumb out in the middle of nowhere if it's done wrong.
1: No, I mean I I don't I don't disagree with you. I do a little bit, but uh I think uh this episode was really good. I, I would I would agree with your 9. I uh it, it it has a little bit of everything. It's got that the political drama mostly. Like it's got the early seasons of Thrones political drama that's really intriguing. It's not just all battles and fucking and it's it's really a nice, complete show so far, and I'm really digging it. It's one of the best shows on TV. So,
0: so far, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I've seen a report that uh, Rhaenyra might get a third actress. But how old are they going to fucking make her? She doesn't... Well, I think when they do the age jump for when Aegon's older, like when he becomes an adult with the rumors of Henry Cavill and Elizabeth Wilson coming in, Henry's going to be older Aegon and Elizabeth's going to be even older Rhaenyra.
1: Henry Cavill's coming in? It's a
0: possibility.
1: When the fu- How the fuck is he... You're going to take that frail little fuck. And then just
0: fucking yeah, pumped like with steroids. Now, bro. When he grows up to a grown-ass man, like, yeah, dude, he can get huge.
1: Not that fucking huge. I don't think Henry Cavill no. should be in the Game of Thrones universe.
0: They don't have creatine and you're fucking... Telling me, well, you're telling that. me John Cena, when how big and jacked that man is, he looked like that at 12? Yeah. <laughs> no, he no. didn't look like
1: that. No, <laughs> Obviously not, but... They don't have fucking, They don't have the means to get that jacked in this time period. You need fucking protein. You might even
0: even need illegal fucking care. substances. I have two motherfuckers that completely dethrone your claim. The
1: hound was or the mountain was more fat than anything. So what's your second one?
0: That man was a behemoth, and the hound too. I mean, those both it those was, men were huge.
1: Yeah, the hound wasn't jacked, dude. He wasn't Kevin Henry Cavill
0: Jonathan, that dude was jacked, and he was huge.
1: None of the people you're naming are Henry Cavill jacked, except for the mountain. But the mountain's like a whole different fucking level. Dude, the mountain could eat five Henry Cavills for breakfast. I got Henry Cavill knocking him out in a boxing match. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't called the really?
0: mountain for no reason at all. He was fucking huge. I know. Henry Cavill weighs like 250 of pure muscle. The mountain is pushing like 450, close to 500. The man is a literal mountain with legs on it.
1: The mountain's a fucking pussy.
0: And I, I don't think, I, I
1: mean, Henry, Agon's never fucking swole. Okay, I've seen he's fucking He's not going to get that bit just jacking off in the window. <laughs> he's going to start lifting <laughs> a little more into his cock.
0: He's going to show you up, and He's going to come up and he's like, look how fucking slow I am.
1: <laughs> you better not. I'll knock that little fucker out
0: fucking put moves in my head. Uh, you I, know
1: more house,
0: I know the children are going to be aged up. Like, Eamon's going to be aged up and Aegon's going to be aged up before the end of the season. We're going to get him, like, a few years older.
1: I hope Kristen Cole gets fucking evaporated. Yeah, dude,
0: I, that's, that's why I hope that dude's still alive, because I want him to kill Kristen Cole. He's not going to, though. <laughs> I really think he's dead. But
1: he's, I mean, Kristen Cole's a piece of shit. I hope somebody fucks him up. I hope Damon fucks him up. I like how, like, Man. did you watch mm-hmm. next on the episode? Because it seems like shit's really going down. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: it really I, looks like shit's fucking going down. I never think
0: we're going to get our first little fight sequence battle thing.
1: And I like that they had, like, they had Lenor and Damon and the, the dad, uh, the Valyrian dad. I forgot his name, but uh, from the first oh. couple of episodes. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Lenor's dad. <laughs> Uh, and they're all on like one side, one side together, and it's like, oh shit, we're really getting because that's like that side of that civil war. And now, and then we got Aegon yeah. and Allison and Crispin and all that shit. But uh, yeah, it's getting really good. So
0: it's it is. I
1: love it.
0: We'll see. Sh- 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 we get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of drawing over here. Drawing. Yeah, a little bit of that comic book illustration, dog.
1: (laughs) The meat and potatoes in tonight's episode. The meat and potatoes. You fuck potatoes. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. We've been known to (laughs) caress a potato. Uh, Top ten comic book artists of all time.
0: Hell Uh, yes, son.
1: We did write, like I said earlier, we did writers last week. Uh, none of that, you can write a script all fucking day. It ain't going to mean shit unless you got somebody that can make it pop on page. Uh, the, the art is the most important part of the book. Even any writer will tell you that. The, without the art, if the art sucks, you can have the best story of all time. The art sucks. No one's going to fucking read it. They're going to fucking rip it apart and use it as rolling paper. The, they don't give a fuck. So you need an artist. You can have a shitty story with great art and it sells really well. I've seen it. Uh, You can't really do a bad story with fucking great art or with terrible art. Uh, It it won't work. So that's just... No, it won't work. It'll suck. It won't work. It would be terrible. Let's go in uh, our number 10 and we'll start with you
0: start talking about me, alright? I'm gonna do a new wave guy, newer art, modern art. Doesn't draw on paper, draws digital art. And his name is David Marquez. Okay. Personally, of all the new wave writer or illustrators, he is my favorite of like the like 2010 till today. I do like David Marquez a lot. All like all of his work, like ninety percent of Brian Michael Bendis' story, David Marquez drew it. Yeah. Even with uh Bendis' work with Marvel, like David Marquez drew it. When he when Bendis came over to D C and started doing his work with D C Marquez drew it. Most of it. Yeah. I really like it. I really like the the new style art that he does. It's really smooth. It's really clean. He does good like definition on the way the bodies and the characters look. He does a really good job.
1: Yeah, he, he did Civil War too, didn't he?
0: I'm I pretty sure. Don't remember. I, I well, could have.
1: Bendis wrote it, so I'm I'm gonna go with a. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Ben I'm pretty Tompkins. sure it was Uh And the art on that book's fucking great. He draws a fantastic uh spider-man his ultimate spider-man is fucking beautiful uh oh yeah great new age artist i mean he just it's like lifelike now it's crazy how far arts came to where it was like i'm sure we're both gonna have a lot of trailblazers on our list and guys that really paved the way but the shit that's going on right now is fucking incredible how good some of it is And he's one of the bigger contributors, so. That's not a bad pick. All right. I'm going with a fucking newer name myself. And I'm going with my homie Leo Max. One name, because we're real ones. Real ones go by one name. Uh, Right now, he's doing the Rogue series with Joshua Williamson. Your boy. And it might be one of the prettiest looking things I've ever fucking put my eyes at. That and a couple of pairs of nice asses, probably in the top three right there. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful art. Uh, there's he can take any story, any like minor character. I like him because he does some of the more minor characters, and uh, he just makes them fucking pop. And he's going, he's still going, he's going right now. He's still, I mean, he's not newer. But he's he's still got a lot left in the tank, for sure. He's going to be making comics for a long time. So I'm excited uh, From what we've got from him. I really enjoy. And, you know, it's one of those, if I see him on a book, I'm more inclined to buy it. What will Leo Max? That's one word? Yeah. He's he's doing this horror series, too, called Basket Full of Heads, and it's really good. Because it sounds like it's Leo Max. It's all like one word in all caps, L-E-O-M-A-C-S. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. All righty. You ready for my number number nine? Yes, sir. <laughs> Somebody that I brought up in our comic book writers episode who also happens to be an illustrator, and that would be Mr. Todd McFarlane. I mean, his spawn,
1: his Venom, yeah.
0: his, every, I mean, the dude's a fucking He, he's a he wrote Venom. He co-created Venom. He's the first person to ever draw Venom on paper. That's a huge attribute, and his Ultimate Spider-Man series was absolutely fantastic, and he drew it, and the Spider-Man series that he wrote is one of the best-selling Spider-Man series of all time. His spawn drawings are absolutely incredible. When he did that short spell when he got to draw Batman and do Batman shit, that was really good. When he did the Batman and spawn crossover, that was fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah. No. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I I agree with that, pick.
0: Absolutely. Just just the sole fact that he's the person who created Venom and is the first person to draw Venom and to see where Venom has gone to today is the reason why he's definitely in this top ten.
1: And he just like I mean he belongs to be there. I like he's done so many th- like the fact that he's like McFarland Toys is one of the biggest toy companies right now. He designs all the toys. You got to write that down on paper and draw that and shit to to go off it. I'm pretty sure. I don't know for sure. I'd actually have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that he did the animation for the Spawn show too. But I don't know for sure, so I might be. I don't want to put that as like fact. But he he's fucking good, man. His his Venom Spawn is like the best, like most known character outside of Marvel and DC. Uh, what he's done with image and stuff. And, like, he draws Batman really good. But, I mean, obviously his claim to fame is his Venom. But, it, like, he draws Spider-Man really good. McFarlane's just a fucking beast, dude.
0: Oh, for sure. All right. Next up for
1: me. I went with somebody that our boy's actually going to be working with. Our boy, uh mcfarland on the batman spawn book this guy that's going to be drawing it because McFarlane's just writing i believe the man that's going to be drawing it is greg capullo who if you don't know him uh you probably should one of the best like 90s and 2000s artists in dc he's done some marvel stuff too but this guy is fucking amazing uh he, he's worked with guys like Jeff Loeb, and uh, he's his Batman is something he's really known for, and his stuff on Detective Comics, and he did metal. So if you really like the art style, Greg Capullo, I, I said Jeff Loeb, my bet, but him and Scott Snyder, he's Scott Snyder's boy. He's basically like uh, like how you said uh, Bendis with uh, Marquez. That's how uh, Snyder and Capullo are. And them on metal was metal's not my favorite story of all time, but it is some of my favorite uh, art. And uh, he's, a, I mean, he's the sole reason for that. So, him I like and, absolutely. And him and McFarland are going to be working together, which is fucking cool. He just draw like he does the dark shit really well. So,
0: I like him. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right, my my, my number eight. My number eight is a mainly a Marvel artist. He has worked for DC, but not very much. Uh, His name is Mike Diodato Jr. More of a late '90s, mid 2000s, early 2010s writer. He is. I think the last time he did something was in like 2018 which was um, an Infinity Countdown and he did some Invincible Iron Man in the mid-2010s. But uh, Mike Theodato, he did a lot of Wonder Woman stuff when he was... That's where he started out, was in DC, and he did some Wonder Woman stuff. And then he came and started doing Avengers and the Dark and New Avengers. Uh, He did a lot of Spider-Man. He was a penciler for the Mighty Thor in the early 2000s for a little while. I really like his art. Like I like the mid two thousands, two thousand tens Marvel artwork comics. I think that's when Marvel art really shined and he did a lot of the a lot of the bigger events in the two thousands with the Avengers and the New Avengers and the Dark Avengers and the Infinity Wars series. He draws Spider Man really, really cool. He like draws him perfectly with his muscle tone and he like emphasizes how limber he is.
1: That's cool. Dude is a beast. Uh, really big in the 90s and the early
0: 2000s. Yeah, he even did some Star Wars stuff, I believe. He did some penciling for Star Wars, and then actually he did a, a comic book adaption for Beauty and the Beast television series in the early 90s. He
1: even draws you
0: Yeah, his big ones that I remember that I wrote down for my notes for this were the Avengers and Dark Avengers and She-Hulk, the Incredible Hulk series, the Amazing Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Badass.
1: Bad fucking ass, dude.
0: Hundred
1: percent. That dude's a legend. I mean, everybody on this list is gonna be a legend. Uh, We we if you we're talking, cause there's so much more than 10 of the best comic book. there's so many good comic book artists out there to choose from. So, uh, when you get to the top 10, I don't think there's really any duds. My number seven, right. was, was that your seven or eight? Eight. Okay. My number eight, I've, I might cause a little controversy for this, but, uh, I went with a man named Dan Mora, uh, He's not, I mean, he does DC now a little bit. He's known for his Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics. <laughs> now, before I fucking start, before you start talking shit, uh, those comics have really good fucking art in them. Even if you're not a fan of Buffy or the Buffyverse or any of that stuff, even though that's one of Joss Whedon's creations. One of the good ones, not the shitty ones. And, uh, it's almost anime. He is almost like an anime artist,
0: but it's like a
1: modern twist with it. Absolutely. Dan Mora?
0: Yeah,
1: I agree. Yes, he does. It's very, it's sort of anime, but it's like it, it does have that American style too. And he's working yeah. on the, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. The Buffy shit's really good. He's doing this world's finest series. Uh, Mark Wade's writing it right now. It's Batman Superman. Uh, it's kind of like a return to form for them. And is doing the art, and it's just fucking beautiful, dude. It's so, so good. It's so pretty to look at. It's just fucking the battle scenes are so emphasized and fucking like the way he draws fire and shit exploding. The dude's just dude's a fucking genius when it comes to that shit. And uh yeah, he's killing it right now. So I had to put him in there.
0: Hell yeah, dude.
1: Yes, I'll
0: sir. All right, well, my next one is uh, somebody who definitely deserves a lot of credit, who you probably know very well, and his name is Dan Jurgens. Yes. Somebody who exist. did a lot of penciling and writing for Nightwing, the one who wrote and created Doomsday and Booster Gold. He, the did a lot. Of he did He some Batman. He was a big writer, uh, illustrator for the Green Arrow series. I mean, you he create Booster got- Gold, and then you do Doomsday. I mean, that's a that's quite the resume.
1: I mean, he did, yeah, he did fucking Death of Superman. That's <laughs> one of the biggest stories of all time, and the art of that book holds up extremely well for taking place in 1992. And he, he's a big oh, yeah. reason to to thank for it, because he didn't oh, only create. Cool. He created Booster, he created Doomsday, and he created Cyborg Superman, which is fucking really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, he's done a little writing too, but he really is. He, he's an artist. Artist. He did the Fifty Two mm-hmm. series after uh, was it Infinite? Yeah, after Infinite Crisis, which was you know highly acclaimed. and that was a weekly series. So the dude grinds still. Uh, yeah, and uh,
0: he was a writer on the Zero Hour series as well.
1: Yes. And that, even though, I mean, we're, we're getting the sequel to Infinity, Crisis on Infinite Earths now, but that was actually the sequel. It was the second of that. He worked on that all the way back in the late 80s, or was that already early 90s? Early
0: My 90s. Little,
1: yeah. But the, his Superman, he, he draws a damn good Superman. Dan Juergens is the man. I'm I uh I forgot to put him he on the list. He's
0: from should be in the comics kind of Superman.
1: I agree with you. I agree with that statement. The dude's a fucking legend, man. Uh, real good pick. <laughs> All right, my number 7 I went with uh, a young man that's uh, killing it nowadays, uh, Dustin knew it. Uh He's fucking out here. I just got into – I just finished it, actually. Robin and Batman, which is kind of an old origin take on uh, Dick Grayson and, and Bruce. And, you know, Dick is a young kid. He's like 10 in the series. Uh, Dustin's artwork is incredible. I, I'm actually going to show you a couple pages after this, Sharon. Because it's so fun, like he does kind of like an ink blotty type thing, but not really It's it's so weird to describe his art. It only works for specific shit, and it's like a very specific style. But it's a style that I'm really inclined to, and I really enjoy. And uh, yeah, he's one of the he's one of the best modern artists. So I had to throw him in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Number six, the Rooney? Big fella? Yes, sir. All right. Somebody who was uh, real big in the 90s and the 2000s. Some people might know him by name, but it's, um, a lot of people, most people who read DC Comics have definitely seen his artwork. His name is Alex Ross, the illustrator behind the Kingdom Come series.
1: Yeah. This is another one that it's like his own style. Like, no one can draw like Alex Ross. It's cra- it, His, like, super realistic, like, vision for, like, his Superman looks like it's a real fucking dude. Like, that that dude, dude. is nuts. I don't know how he I does it. His it. art is next level. It is, and he, I
0: mean, he did the re-penciling of the Crisis on Infinite Earth reprints with George Perez. His detail is awesome. Yeah, and this is a dude that was drawing like that in the early 90s. He was drawing comic books with his, like, hyper-realism with his art.
1: Yeah, Kingdom Comics.
0: Definitely a big guy. He drew a lot of Batman. Captain Atom. He draws Batwoman, too, and she looks bad fucking ass. He does Shazam and Wonder Woman as well. And he does some Justice League and some JSA shit and Superman. No, absolutely. I mean, Kingdom Mm -hmm. comes. Actually, speaking of, we talked about it earlier. He actually did an illustration for a Game of Thrones comic issue. You remember which issue, or it was Game of a Game of Thrones number one and two in 2011, underneath the Dynamite (laughs) Entertainment Publishing Company. Yeah.
1: I've read a lot, I've read a few of those Game of Thrones books. They're good, but uh,
0: and uh, Alex Ross drew it.
1: Yeah, dude, nasty. His hyper realistic version of character I don't like. No one can emulate it, and people have tried, and it just doesn't turn out as good. The Kingdom Come is known as probably one of the best drawn things ever, and that's all him. So, Alex Ross yeah. is nasty. He very incredible artist. Absolutely. All right. I got another legend I'm throwing in the fucking mix here. Another fucking killer. I went with John Byrne. Done a lot All of right. Marvel. A lot of Marvel, a lot of DC, a lot of uh, amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Cap. He did some Hulk, did some Iron Fist, did... uh. Probably my favorite version of Hawkman, which, uh, you know, it's hard to do. <laughs> uh, he, he worked with Jack Kirby on his Fourth World uh, later on. I think it was uh, pretty sure it was like the reboot of it. Uh, his Superman. Probably he's best known for his Superman and reinventing the Man of Steel in 1986 after Crisis on Infinite Earths. John Byrne, he wrote it and drew it. And John Byrne's Man of Steel is the Superman we know and love today and helped revitalize the character for the new age post-crisis. So what this guy's done for the industry and for one of my favorite characters in particular is just you can't thank him enough. So I had to throw him on there. His his work with Superman in the late 80s is just fucking incredible. And he kept it going for a very long time. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's nice all thing. right. My number five is one of your favorite writers of all time, if not your favorite writer of all time. Artist. Kareem Jesus, Mr. Jim Lee. Yeah,
1: you're trifling for putting him at five. Uh, I mean, I, I want to say mm-hmm. something for later on <laughs> when he's on my list. So you go ahead. What do you think about Jim Lee?
0: Yeah, you just save your comments. You just don't comment on this one. Save yours for your turn. Okay. Um, I like Jim Lee a lot. His All-Star Batman and Robin and the Boy Wonder series, the way he drew that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the, his Superman uh, issue that he did for Tomorrow that he did with uh, Brian Azzarello, that's one of my favorite Superman storylines, and honestly one of my favorite DC forms of artwork. Um, like and the way that Jim Lee drew Batman is like one of the ways that most people today visualize Batman on a comic book page when people think of Batman is you think of Jim Lee's drawing and his work with the X-Men and Iron Man and all his Marvel Jim Lee drew so many covers for Marvel it's, it's ridiculous his X-Men shit that he did was really good
1: Fucking made the X Men. He with DC now. Yeah, he's like head of DC. I was gonna now. say, isn't he like a head of creative? He was on that DC con we saw, right? Yeah, the fandom judging fan art stuff. Yeah, okay. he's head of DC right now, or the publication at least. <laughs> he's in charge of the comics. Uh, Hell yeah. He's not editor in chief though. I forgot what his role is, but yeah, he's the man. I will talk about him more later. But uh, I, I agree with everything you just said. We're
0: at All
1: right, five. We're at five. Now we're yes, gonna start sir. we're gonna start getting to where we have similar ones. But uh and i I'm and the people are gonna be mad at me that I have him this high or this low, I would say. I went with King the King, Jack Kirby. Uh, we I'm not going to speak more...
0: because I'm going to him higher on my list later.
1: Yes. I, I think we we probably have very similar Final Fives. Uh, But Jack Kirby made, like, everything we know and love today. And his art style was so fucking cutting edge for the 70s, for the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. And he never lost a fucking beat. Uh, he would draw for other people anonymously just to help. There's shit that he's drawn that you don't even fucking know. This is the creator of Dark Side. This is the dude that made the Fantastic Four and all the beautiful art that came with that. And people... He was higher up on my writers list, which is really uh, kind of a blunder on my part because anybody you talk to in comic books will tell you that he was a better artist than he was writer. And I, I'm inclined to agree. I do like his writing, but it's kind of... It, it doesn't age as well as some other stuff. Cause you know, lingo's different and just shit was different in the seventies, but his art surprisingly does. You go back and read that first fucking, uh, fourth world thing with, uh, him and, uh, Orion and dark side, that first new God series. It fucking looks beautiful, dude. It looks like it could have been drawn in the nineties. And this is, and that's like 10, 15 years before that. So this man, he helped create comic books as we know and love them today, or at least the superhero genre. But he also, like, he fucking made it happen. Like, we don't know. Does Stan Lee's visions come to life without him and Ditko? We don't know. Lee had the ideas, but he couldn't draw to save his dick as much as the other two. He was the writer guy. He was the idea guy. But without fucking uh, Ditko and uh, Kirby... Maybe those fucking ideas never even get put to the page. And we're not having a conversation right now. So Jack Kirby is very important to comics and the comic industry as a whole. So for writing, creating, and art, I think he's one of the best, like, overall to be in there. Like, at
0: at everything. He's not the king of writing. He's not the king of illustrating. He's the overall king of comics.
1: He's King Kirby. And they don't call him that. For no reason. That's an an actual name. People call him King Kirby. There's a reason why. So that's my number five.
0: You got your four? Yeah, I'm not going to speak on Kirby because I do have him higher on my list. Not too much higher. I'm going to get to him shortly for my part of his... my take on Mr. King Kirby. Okay. But what I'm going to do here for my number four... I'm going to give you a, another absolute legend, and his name is Neil Adams. I like his art For his work with Batman and Deadman. And yeah. in the I'll just Gittier talk about booth. him. With
1: yeah, he is my number four. So i just all
0: right, about cool. He's work with Batman, his work with Dead Man, the JLA, the Spectre, and Superman. And all his Avengers work and his new and young Avengers, Thor and X-Men series. like Neil Adams is kind of everywhere. And his work is very consistent and it's very, very well. He's another one of those dudes who, when he came out in the early, early 70s, his artwork was revitalizing. It was fantastic, and this is a dude who still drew in like 2018, and his artworks never skipped a beat over a 40-year period. Uh, yeah,
1: to a point, I, I would. I think there are arguments that it can be made that say it very much did skip a couple beats when he, with older age, which is fine. I mean, everyone's going to get worse at their craft the older they get. Uh, but the influence that this man has cannot be understated. He could easily be anyone's number one RIP, by the way. He just passed him and Perez just passed. And I yeah, think, I uh, who else, uh, yeah, never mind. But th- those two just passed recently. And those are two of the foundations and him, especially, uh, Jim Lee, Frank Miller, we put Frank Miller on our... He was on my writer's list. Also a very good artist. He drew the Dark Knight Returns and stuff. Uh, They're both influenced and protégés of Neil Adams. Jim Lee's one of the the greatest comic book artists right now, and, and like previously, too, these last couple decades, or this decade and the one before that. And he was under the tutelage of Neil Adams. Neil Adams, fuck... And he was working way before... I think he was working like the 60s, I'm pretty sure. He was doing shit for Archie on the fly, and, and he yeah, started he, and he, he did some stuff in DC too. He started like, like really DC's, fucking up.
0: I looked it up earlier. It was like in the nineteen from like 1967 to the late 70s, like Action Comics like 356 through like 485 or 490 or something like that. Like Neil Adams did all the covers for all of those comics.
1: Yes, he was the guy, it was and the I, I don't know if we talked about Denny O'Neill last week, but him and Denny O'Neill was a perfect fucking team to make Batman into Batman again. Cause this is around the time in the seventies where you have the 1966 show with Adam West and you have a very corny Batman and Batman and Robin just kind of having fun and you know, not being that dark Batman we know today. Well, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams took the character and fucking completely spun him back to where he was. And, and yeah. He introduced those two. He was the first man to draw Raz Agul. And Raz Agul is fucking icon today. Uh, his work on Detective Comics and Batman with Danny O'Neill is one of the most infamous runs of all time. And he's got the infamous cover of, uh, he did the Green Arrow Green Lantern series, uh, Hard Traveling Heroes. And he's got the infamous cover of uh, Speedy, also known as the Red Arrow, also known as Arsenal fucking yep. doing heroin and
0: fucking green later go you're worth
1: the junkie that, that like he made that cover and that's one of the greatest comic yeah. book covers of all time and I another mean, thing,
0: thing that a lot of people don't know is neil adams and jack kirby did work together as the ink and penciler for the superman's Tale jimmy olsen series in the 60s and 70s like jack kirby and neil adams they did all of the artwork for that entire limited series that ran like six years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Neil Adams is the fucking goat. Uh, there's a five hour, uh, omnibus type podcast with him and Kevin Smith that I implore anybody that doesn't know him to listen to. If you want to get more familiar, uh, it's just him fucking telling stories for five hours. And it's incredible that that dude, he, he killed it. Uh, He's had a couple... Like, Batman Odyssey in, like, 2011, I think. That wasn't... that He wrote that, and that was, like... It was really weird. But all his older shit from Batman on, straight incredible. He he is truly one of the best comic book art, artists of all time.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he was That's the true. first one, like, at conventions, too, selling his, like, sketches and shit for, like, a thousand bucks. Really, he he's, like, one of the bigger... Like people's rights uh artists in in comics, like he was like big on getting everybody paid and getting everybody credits and shit,
0: so he's done a lot yeah. more
1: than even we know
0: he says Neil Adams did a lot of the like the Batman volume like the fucking three hundred page books, like Neil Adams drew a lot of those too
1: absolutely that was both our number four. who's your number three?
0: My number three is. The King Jack Kirby. Okay. And what he said with his work with the creating Dark Side and Orion and the New Gods and his creation of Commandee and the Black Panther and co-creating Captain America and illustrating the Marvel's Eternals and Silver Surfer and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, like, Ninety percent of the characters in both of DC and Marvel that we love today came from the hands of Jack Kirby. Yes. Whether he whether it was actually writing and creating the character as a whole, or the being the first person to draw them, or like revitalizing the visual of the character because of the way he drew them. Absolutely.
1: I mean, he's the fucking man. I don't know what else I can say about him. He's uh, like he, yeah. he's one of the godfathers of comic books, so especially Marvel.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's your Marvel? number two?
1: No, this is three now. You just went three. I go after. Oh him.
0: yeah, who's your three? My bad.
1: Talking up the order here. No, <laughs> I went with uh, kind of. I went with uh, more of an underrated pick. I went with Alan Davis. Don't know if you've uh, heard of him. He did the miniseries JLA the Nail, which is like an Elseworlds story, and it's the Justice League without Superman, and it's one of my favorite stories. And the art in that is pretty incredible. But he's mostly known for his Marvel stuff, with his his run on Avengers being very esteemed. Uh, He did stuff with the Fantastic Four, especially uh, Fantastic Four The End, the miniseries, which is another one of my favorites. He did some Thanos stuff, and uh, Thanos's art has always looked cool. So uh, he's just—he's—he's he's the guy. He did another nail when they went back to that, but that wasn't as good. The, the art was still good, but uh, yeah. He's fucking—he's—he's he's underrated and doesn't get the credit that he should get. Uh, he's one of the better artists that no one talks about. So I had to throw him on here.
0: Hell yeah, man.
1: All right, brother. Who's your number two?
0: Brother. Hell yeah, brother. Anyway. <laughs> my well, number you're two. You're Hulk Hogan over there. M- Marvel legend Steve Ditko.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's right there with Kirby, right? Uh, Except That's why he's own. number
0: two. I... This is the reason why I put Steve Ditko over Jack Kirby. Yeah, Jack Kirby created the Dark Side and the Orion and the New Gods, and yeah, he created Commandy and Black Panther, and like helped create the Fantastic Four and Cap. But Steve Ditko created fucking Spider Man. Steve Ditko co-created Doctor Fucking Strange, and he created Captain Atom. And he created the question. Like, Steve Ditko is an absolute legend. Somebody who was one of the first people, if not the first person, to draw Spider-Man on paper. Arguably the second biggest superhero the world has ever seen right beside Superman. Yeah. Creating Doctor Strange and, like, the kind of character Doctor Strange has become today. Like, that's a huge like a huge moment. One of the first people to draw Captain America, like Steve, in my honest opinion, Stan Lee could have still made it and still been who Stan Lee was today without Jack Kirby, but he would not have been able to become who he is today without Steve Ditko. I think, in my personal opinion, Steve Ditko is the one to thank for Stan Lee's success and, like, the platform that Stan Lee got to. It's because of Steve.
1: Well, he stuck around for longer, too, but, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you. And then what he did at Charlton Comics before they went away, he worked on Blue Beetle, too, and... Uh, yeah, I he mean, not,
0: you know, like, Ditko's the reason why Blue Beetle is, like, famous now, because he revamped his visual. And, like, because nobody had, like, Blue Beetle fell off, and he brought Be- Blue Beetle back by the way he drew him.
1: He also, I mean, he like you said, Captain Adam, his, the question, a lot, we, we don't talk about him that much on this show. The question is a lot of people's, like, favorite comic book character. Really fucking underrated character that has a cult fan base. And that all started with Steve Ditko. And, uh, and then, yeah, so he, he's the fucking man.
0: And like, really the
1: Godfathers.
0: What's up? And like, Dr. Strange, like, that's a huge dude. The reason why Dr. Strange's name is Stephen Strange, he's named after his name is Stephen because of Steve Ditko. Like, that's the yeah. reason why Strange's name is Stephen. Yeah,
1: that's fair. I mean, it's one of those, like, even looking at his old art, it looks better than some stuff now. <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't go that far because we've gotten pretty advanced, but his his shit still holds up. Him and Kirby's shit still holds up. And like you said, he created Spider-Man. Who, well, what other claim to fame do you need?
0: Yeah, like you literally drew the, the the second biggest, if not tied to be the, the greatest hero of all time, alongside with Superman. Like, you can't get much better than that. Like, he's one of the first people to, to draw the Hulk, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Captain America, the Fantastic Four. Like, Marvel, like Marvel comics would not exist without this man and Stanley.
1: All right, my number two, I'm going to go with another man that had passed away this year, earlier in June, RIP to him. We had three legendary fucking great writers all pass away around the same time, which is very sad. I went with Tim Sale. Uh, This guy has his own distinct style, and I really credit him for making me fall in love with Batman stories. Uh, We talked about Jeff Loeb last week. This was his boy. So he did the long Halloween. You've seen the long Halloween movie in that art style that that's in. That's based off the book. They kind of use the art style from the book in that. And you see how fucking slick and cool that is. You watch that movie. Uh, yeah. And really cool, slick. So that's how Batman should be drawn. In, in my eyes. I don't think Batman should be drawn by anybody else but Tim Sale. He, He's just fucking so like effortlessly perfect. And he's got that dark noir type vision down so well. He did the dark victory, which brings Robin and it's an incredible sequel to that story. Uh Tim Sale's Batman is just, when you talk about one of the, the most profitable comic book character of all time, it's either between your boy with the webs and Batman. And one of the best, so the best people to draw either two of those characters are probably going to be the best artists. And uh, Tim Sale kind of takes the cake for drawing Batman. So, to me, he's one of the greatest artists of all time. He did Daredevil. I agree with him
0: all the, time. the only thing that you said I don't agree with is he should be the only person that draws Batman. I don't agree I mean, with I that. Just, he is yeah. the best the person, person to draw definitely. Batman. Yes, but I really enjoyed like Jim Lee. And Frank yeah. Miller's drawings of him. And like, I even really like David Marquez's modern digital art drawings of Batman. Like I even in the Facebook podcast group, which a lot of you people need to still continue to join. I posted a picture in there of Superman and Batman next to each other that David Marquez drew. And it's one of, if not my favorite picture of them to stand next to each other, to each other. Excuse me.
1: He's got a good Batman. He does have a good Batman. Uh, but he's not the best Batman. I don't no, think Tim no, Sale no. should be the only person I, that was an over-exaggeration. But to me, my opinion, he draws the greatest Batman there is. And no, uh, his no, Superman. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, Superman for All Seasons is a really good story, too, and he does the art on that. His Superman looks kind of cool, too. A little weird, but cool look for Superman. So uh, Right. Yeah, I go Tim Sale. Who, who is your number one,
0: drum roll, mm, My number one, and in my opinion, and I hope after I say this statement, the world starts to follow it. Like I said earlier in the episode, Jack Kirby is the king of comics. He's not the king of illustration. He's not the king of writing. He's the overall king of comic books. My number one pick is the king of comic book illustration, And he has recently passed in the last year. And his name is George Perez. Yeah. The king of comic book illustrations. The man who has brought us Crisis on Infinite Earths. One of the most biggest comic book events in superhero comic history, whether it's DC or Marvel. Mm He even brought us the Teen Titans. He brought us Wonder Woman and Superman. He drew... The Infinity Gauntlet series for Marvel, which all of us just got to see in a live-action movie series over the last twelve, fourteen years with the Thanos thing. George Perez drew that way back in the '90s. He also drew regular Avengers and he did Hulk and Fantastic Four. Like George Perez is has probably has like the biggest footprint in comic book art in history. I don't
1: disagree. I purposely didn't put him on my list because I knew he was under's, but he fucking, he's one of, he's like the first like event artist. Like he was the guy that put all those fucking characters on page and made it all look cool. And, uh, not too like, like, you know, you can see everyone, you know who everyone is. You can fucking tell Blue Beetle from Batman, from Superman, from all these other people and he put, like, hundreds of heroes on a page together. I, I talked about Marv Wolfman last, last week, his partner. He was – George Perez, uh, he, he probably deserves to be called the king or the greatest of all time, the GOAT, whatever whatever, whatever you Absolutely. want to call him. I, I completely agree. He, his Wonder Woman, when I talked about John Byrne earlier and his Man of Steel after post-crisis, that's what George Perez did
0: with Wonder Woman.
1: He took Wonder yeah. Woman in 1986 He's after Chris one
0: who made Wonder Woman this beautiful Amazonian woman and the way he drew her was absolutely fantastic.
1: And he wrote that series too, which tells you how fucking good he is. And that's like a critically acclaimed series. He wrote it and drew it and it's fucking fantastic. Uh and he the, the Crisis, I mean Crisis speaks for itself. The guy that drew Crisis is
0: probably the best. Uh, that's absolutely. like the guy who drew Crisis on Infinite Earths and the Infinity Gauntlet series is, definitely deserves the throne. Yes. Those are the two biggest events in superhero, superhero history. And a lot of people don't know this, but he drew and co-wrote and did co-writing on the Justice League of America and the Avengers crossover in the, in the early 2000s and the late 90s. The Marvel DC crossover. George Perez drew it.
1: Yeah, he was the only reason that thing happened, too, because... Uh, I think it was Shooter was still running the place. Jim Shooter was running Marvel, and I forgot who was running DC. And they were, like, having, like, intense battles on creative control and stuff, and Perez was like, hold on, like, we got this. And he, like, made that whole deal happen. He also did the – I don't know if he wrote it, but I know – no, he didn't write it, but he for sure drew the new Teen Titans with Wolfman. Yeah, he
0: Uh, did. brings us Beast Boy and Cyborg. Yep. The man who's won several awards for every comic book and illustrating award you can receive. He's won several of them.
1: Yeah. He truly is one of the greatest at his craft.
0: It's a shame that he died at a young, ripe age of 67. And he's definitely the goat and the king of comic book illustrations.
1: Yes, he is. All right. My number one. We touched on him earlier a little bit. I didn't say much. I went with Jim Lee because uh, for my number one, I wanted to go with the comics that I enjoy looking at the most. And that is Jim Lee. He's, to me, he's got the most, what a comic book should look like is Jim, Jim Lee's art. He can make everything look good. He's got his, like, that commercial style. It looks like how art should be. And, like, everyone nowadays try to mimic it and make it, kind of like that because his art's just so good. He made the fucking X-Men into what they were again in the in the early 90s to late 90s. His X-Men run on on the Uncanny X-Men is one of the best drawn pieces of superhero content anybody'll ever see. And they're, they're not my favorite group and he's but he fucking he he drew the X-Men like nobody's business. And then he left went to Image with Todd McFarlane and those people. And he made his own Wildstorm imprint, which was very huge. Uh, and you had The Authority and uh, Wildcat, Stor- Wild Stormwatch, which not a lot of, like, hardcore comic book fans are real fans of these before they got bought by DC. And then you start that relationship, and then you get them to fucking draw Hush, one of the most influential stories of the, the 2000s. He draws Hush. Uh, it was, that book looks fucking phenomenally beautiful. I love that book. The artwork in that book is, is nuts. His shit on Detective... He's probably the busiest artist in comic books. Uh, he does everything. He works on everything. And now he's basically running the show there at DC and helping them with a the bunch. And What I said earlier about how a shitty art with a good story can't work, but a bad story with great art can work... Look no other than uh, Batman and Robin All-Star, uh, The Boy Wonder, or whatever the fuck it's called, with Frank Miller, right? Because that was like when Frank Miller was like, ass. He was done, and he was not drawing, or he was not writing as good as he used to, and his Batman was just kind of a violent piece of shit. Who was feeding Robin rats and fucking, fucking Black Canary in front of burning corpses and shit. But Jim Lee drawing that stuff, it looked beautiful. <laughs> it was the most beautiful dead corpse you've ever seen in your life. That's and it. and Black canaries ass looked great. <laughs> so he he's just... Uh, his art is so uh, fundamental. And he took Neil Adams' style and just kept kind of building on it, building on it. And he's one of those guys that you can go up to and he'll draw you something in five minutes and it looks like the best piece of art you've ever seen in your life. So uh, this guy just really... He owns it, and he's legit, and that's my number one.
0: Hell yeah.
1: All right, pet. That's our Ooh. list.
0: That is our list.
1: That's our fucking list, dude.
0: All right. You ready for my idea for next week's episode? Sure. You ready for it? No, not really. I don't think you are. I'm not. I am. Cheers. Next week, I am suggesting that our next episode is top 10 comic book movie directors and screenwriters.
1: Okay.
0: I'm down. We can rank
1: more people. Fucking... So, are we doing writers or directors? You want to do both?
0: I kind of want to do both and together because, like... Because, like, Zack Snyder, for instance... He's a director, but he wrote a lot of movies as well, and he partially writes parts of a lot of other movies that he doesn't direct.
1: Well, let's just let's call the list filmmakers, because that's technically both.
0: Top ten. Yeah. Okay. Top, filmmakers. I, okay, that's a better way to do it. Top ten comic book filmmakers. Okay. Yeah, that works. All
1: right. Yeah, I'm down. There's so many good ones, uh, and I know you and me are probably going to be having way different lists. Well, maybe a couple no, similar definitely.
0: ones. But definitely. Gonna I like... similar ones. The only person I want to exclude is Kevin Feige because he is not a filmmaker. He writes the story, the storyboards, and the universe boards, but he doesn't direct or do the film shit.
1: Okay, we can exclude Feige. I'm fine with that because he could be number one if if we did include him. So.
0: Yeah, I don't want to include him because he doesn't. He does. He's not on set of the movies. He's in Marvel Studios writing shit on a brainstorm board. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, he's just oh, they
1: should do this. (laughs) Let's do it. He's he's awesome.
0: I want to keep. I want to stick to people who are actually on the scenes, on the set of these movies. Directors, co-writers, EPs, shit like that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and no, we can't put Zack Snyder in every single slot for uh, the Snyder bots list. So no, no, I'm not going to be doing that.
0: The man will definitely be mentioned, I'm assuming, by both sides. But yeah, because I'm
1: sure he'll be on both lists.
0: But, uh, yeah, we're not going to do no, no bots or nothing. We're not going to get too crazy.
1: That sounds exciting. Uh, I'm ready for it. And uh, you got anything else, Bob, or are you ready to fucking hit the
0: bottle and get no, the hell out know. of here? I believe we have more Seahawks, so we'll have another Seahawk episode review.
1: I'm oh, pretty great. sure
0: DC News of Super Pets is on HBO Max, so we can do a review of that next week on top of House of the Dragon. All
1: right. With that being said, we'll see everybody next week. Bobo? Keep doing your thing and uh yeah. We'll see everybody oh, next yeah. time. Oh yeah.
0: Alright. Have a good night,
1: motherfucker. Always a pleasure. Stay